Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to LifePoint. Uh, glad you're here. I'm standing on stage literally without my notes right now. Um, they're not pulling up. Can you run upstairs, grab Steve, print them out real quick? For some reason, they are not working. So that's okay. As they do that... <coughs> I have a few things to say anyway uh, before we dive in. So, first of all, we're thrilled to have you with us, uh, with our service today. You know, as, as the team was just leading, um, <clears throat> I was thinking, man, I am so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful for everything they do and uh, how they lead us, man. And what's, thank you. Oh, they're back to back. All right, I'll make that work. Uh, thank you, though, seriously. Um, I was just thinking, man, I mean, they're up here every week doing this week in, week out, and and it's been kind of cool for me being in the auditorium. I'm like one of two or three people in here, and they crank up the music, and I just, man, it's been incredible for me. But even before we dove in and started, I was upstairs looking at the crew who uh, delivers this online content to you behind the scenes. And what they do is phenomenal. I mean, they are incredible up there. And, and it's like the voices are going and this cue and this camera and this, this uh, video, switch to here, switch to here. And, and uh, so thank you guys. You guys do an incredible job. We appreciate you. And we appreciate all you're doing to give us these, uh, these services each and every week. So thank you. So I was booking flights uh, uh, for this summer because this summer I'll be going on my sabbatical. Uh, you might have heard that before. Uh, it's been talked about. I was supposed to go last summer. Um, I'm, I don't know, 14 years overdue, 10 years overdue. You're supposed to do them like every seven years. I've never done one. We've been here about 18 years as a church. And I kept putting it off, putting it off. And last year, the elders said, you're going no matter what. It doesn't matter. Uh, the prior years, I'd put it off. So they said, you're going no matter what. Well, the no matter what, uh, apparently, uh, didn't factor in COVID. Obviously, COVID hit us, so uh, that just wasn't an option. So they have said to me this year, you're going no matter what. We don't care if you sit at your home house for two months. You're going. You are dead to us this summer. Okay, that wasn't their exact words, but, you know, they said that's happening no matter what, COVID or no COVID. So I'm on the phone, and I'm talking to this airline reservationist, and, and I'm taking a lot of her time. I mean, a lot of her time. I have all these questions, COVID-related, you know, this place, this place. What are my options? And, and some of them are probably pretty ridiculous questions. Those who know me well, uh, someone might even be sitting out there in the audience right now, the couple of you from the team, you can imagine the questions I'm asking this person. And, and just kind of like, they're going, you know, you would be going nuts, Nate. I know you would. And, and, but she was incredibly helpful. And I got to tell you, it was the best service I have ever received. I felt so good about it. And so I told her, I said, listen, nobody has ever done a job like you just did. Thank you so much. You are seriously a rock star. Phenomenal. Thank you. And in that moment, I'm pretty sure I heard this exhale. And then it was actually silent for a moment. More silent than it should be when you're having a conversation on a phone. It might have only been a second, but there was a silent moment. And then she said in the most sincere voice I think I've ever heard, she said, thank you very much. And it was almost like when I heard those words that there was something behind what she had just said. 
It was almost like no one had ever said that to her before, that no one ever appreciated her at her job. Maybe no one's even appreciated her as a person. And I suspect I made her day. Might have made her week, might have made her month, maybe even her year. All because I expressed appreciation for what she had just done for me. I hope you're going to embrace this thought today, that you have no idea what God can do through a word of encouragement. You have no idea what God can do through a word of encouragement. You have no idea how God can use you to offer hope to somebody, to build them up, to build up their faith, to make their day, and to maybe even make their month, their year, or even their life. That's why the title of this message is called A Word of Encouragement. Because everyone you see, everyone you come across is facing some type of struggle, some type of battle. And you know nothing about that. And everybody needs something positive in their life to build them up. Now, it may not be obvious as you look at somebody from the outside, but everyone's facing something. Everybody's going through a struggle on the, on the inside. And this last year with COVID has only exacerbated that and it's magnified it. And, and, and people have even more struggles than ever before. And to make matters worse, I've noticed that there is so much more negativity in our world today. You can't open up your social media feed without getting, you know, frustrated or discouraged. You can't look at a, a news app and read without getting depressed. You know, you can't watch live TV or watch talk, listen to talk radio without frustration building inside of you because of all this negativity. We live in a world. We live in a country. We live in a state. We live in, uh, you know, even a city. We live within friendship and family circles where people, the reality is, are more polarized than ever before. And I'm actually blown away by how critical and how judgmental more and more people have become. You see, there are far too many discouraging, negative voices in our world today. See, I think it's time that you and I do something about that. I think it's time that you and I as believers do something about this challenge. That you and I, that we finally say, you know what, I'm going to step up. And I'm going to step in, and I'm going to be a person who's going to lift others up. I'm going to be a person who encourages others. I'm going to be a person that brings words of hope and bring words of encouragement. That I'm going to be a person who says, I am going to bring words of life to other people. I mean, think about this. You and I, we have the love of Jesus. We have the light of the world in our life. We have such an opportunity to lift up and to build up this discouraged world. Now, in this series we're in, it's called Now and Later, and we've been asking the question, who will you be five years from now based on your decisions and choices and actions that you're making now? But more importantly, the question is not just who do you want to be and who will you be, but who does God want you to be now and who does God want you to be later? And I believe with all of my heart that God wants you, he wants me, he wants all of us to just be over the top encouragers. That that's the type of person that we would be. See, the reality is this. God wants you to be this encourager because people desperately need your joy. People desperately need your, your life, your spirit, your positivity. They need you to speak life into them. They need your words 
of encouragement. You know what they don't need? They don't need more friends like Job had. Job was a character in the Old Testament, and he was a really good guy. He was a godly man, and the enemy, Satan, attacked him and robbed him of more than you and I could ever possibly imagine. You'd have to, you'd have to go in the Old Testament, read the story, the book of Job, to, to understand the totality of it. We don't have time to dive into it right now. But guess what uh, Job's friends did while Job was suffering? Guess what they said to him? They said, hey, Job, we know why you're suffering. It's your fault. You deserve it. You're going through this because of decisions and choices you've made. You're going through this because of your mistakes. You're going through this because of your sin. And I'm thinking, man, with friends like that, who even needs enemies, right? I mean, how terrible is that? All they spewed out of their mouth was negative, 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 criticism, a gloomy outlook, a bleak outlook for Job, negative. And of course, they thought they were doing this in a, a sense of righteousness, right? Because they, you know, oh, you know, you've sinned and you need to get right with God. And, and this is an issue that you have inside. But the reality is, it was a false righteousness that they were attempting to say to him. The reality is, it was just negative. And unfortunately, we have way too many of Job's friends in our world today. Now, I want you to notice how Job responds to them. And it's in Job chapter 16, and he says this in verse 2. He says to his friends who've just spewed out all of this negativity to him. In the, again, his, his suffering was beyond comprehension, beyond anything we could ever imagine in our own lives. And he said to them, what miserable comforters you are. What miserable comforters you are. I'm curious, do you have any people like that in your life? I'll bet you do. You have people where, where they speak to you and you say, you know what? You really know how to kick a guy when he's down. You really know how to be discouraging. What kind of support is that? You're a miserable comforter. And then he said, what, what has crossed my mind, actually many times, but I hope that I'm too pastoral to actually say this out loud, but it has crossed my mind. And he says this. He says this, he says, uh, Job chapter 16, verse 3, he says this to his friends, won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? Come on, tell me you haven't thought that before. Tell me you haven't even said that before. Hey, you're listening to someone and their voice is just like this, 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 and you're like, why are you still talking? Hey, be quiet. Uh, that's enough. I don't need any more of that. Stop talking. He then goes on and he says this. Job chapter 16, verse 4, he says, he says, I could say the same thing to you guys if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But here's the word for us today. I want you to see this. Job chapter 16, verse 5. Job says this, but if it were me, somebody right now, wherever you're at, shout it out, if it were me. Somebody shout it out. If it were me. He says, if it were me, I would encourage you. If it were me, I'd speak words of life into you. If it were me, he goes on and says, I would try to take away your grief, you know, as opposed to trying to add to your grief. If it were me, I'd try to inspire you. If it was me, I would try to lift you up. If it were me, I would be the greatest voice of encouragement in your life on this side of heaven because everybody needs words of encouragement because, and here's what we need to catch, our words have power. 
I think you know that. I think you know that your words have power. You've seen it in your own life, the way you've communicated and the way people have communicated to you. Your words have the power to build you up. But they also have the power to crush, don't they? Words spoken to you can build you up, but they can also crush you as well. In fact, Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. I want my words to build up, to provide life, to let you know that God is with you, that God is for you, that he loves you, that he cares about you, that he sees you, that he's there to bring you life and peace and joy and comfort and counsel and wisdom. I want to speak words of life. God is with you, God is for you, and he's working for you. If it were up to me, if it were up to me, I would lift you up because everyone is facing a battle and is facing a struggle and is facing discouragement, and you know most likely nothing about it. Maybe that's why the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, and it's a power-packed verse, the author simply said this, encourage one another. Encourage one another. And I want you to notice as the verse goes on, he doesn't say to encourage one another every now and then. He doesn't say to encourage one another just, you know, when the Spirit prompts you. Notice what he says. He says, I want you to encourage one another. How often? The verse says, encourage one another daily. Say daily. Right? Say daily. Daily encourage one another as long as it's called today. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's a lot of encouragement. Really? Why so much encouragement? Why is it so important that God would tell you and I to encourage one another daily? Why is that so important? Well, we, we see that in the verse. It goes on, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Think about sin for a moment. What does it do to us? Sin lies to us. Sin destroys us. Sin deceives us. Sin tries to tear us down. Sin tells you and I, hey, you can be happy outside of God's will. Sin tells you, you can't measure up. You're not good enough. You're failing. I don't know about you, but I get discouraged quite a bit. There's voices in my head that says you're not good enough, that you don't measure up. That you can't get everything done that you need to get done. You can't do fully what you've been called to do. You're making the wrong decisions and choices. I have those negative voices. I experience those in my head. And you know what I need more than anything else? Man, I need encouragement. But here's what I know. You do as well. You need encouragement as well. Every single one of us needs to be encouraged. So imagine, just think about this for a moment. If you and I actually chose to take God's word seriously here, if we said, you know what, I'm going to take it to heart and I'm going to be fully committed to developing the habit of encouraging others daily and I'm not going to be so focused on, you know, the, the, the topic of the day and my stance on that topic and, and, and making sure the whole world knows about it. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on being committed to building others up, to encouraging others. Imagine what our world would be like. Imagine what your relationships would be like. Imagine the impact that you can have on other people. Now, I suspect some of you are hearing this and thinking to yourself, but Pastor, you don't understand. Words of encouragement, words of affirmation, that's like my lowest love language. You know, that, that book, The Five Love Languages. That's like the lowest. That's like I don't even have any encouragement bones in my body. I'm not naturally gifted at it. I'm just not good at it. It's not my thing. 
Well, you know what else wasn't your thing? Walking. Right? I mean, think about it. Walking wasn't your thing either in the beginning. You know what else wasn't your thing? Driving well when you were 15 and a half years old and you got your permit. My daughter Callie, she just got her permit. And, and, you know, we make it our goal that our kids are the best drivers on the road. And my two boys, they really are. And they're incredible at it. And, And we teach them leading up to it. And so Callie had a lot of head knowledge about all the knuckleheads out there and how to have them, you know, watch out for them and all that. So she had head knowledge, but she hadn't driven before. And so she's going through this process. She's not very good at it yet. We've had a few moments or a few scares here and there, you know, because that happens. But what happens over time? You grow. You develop. You learn. You learn how to walk. You learn how to drive. You get better at it. Who does God want you to be now? Who does God want you to be later? He wants you to be an encourager. That's what he has for you that you would make it a priority, that you would learn how to encourage others, that you would turn it into a habit now so that later you are like a power-packed encourager. In light of our series, how do you develop this habit then of being an encourager? How do you make your goals, to use our language last week, to make your goals so stupidly small so that you're using, so that little by little, again, language from last week, check it out if you didn't hear the message. How can you make your goals so stupidly small so that little by little, you will eventually be an encouraging rock star? How do you get to that point? Well, let me give you a stupidly small step that you can take that I think is really easy for most of us to overlook. Here's the stupidly small step. If you think something good, say it. If it crosses your mind, say it. If you think something good, express it. The moment you think of something positive about somebody else, text them or even call them. Yes, our phones still actually make calls. Text them or call them. When you think it, let it go. When you think it, release it. Maybe you write a note to someone. Tell them how you feel about them. Tell them uh, maybe something they did that impressed you. The moment you think something good, say it. Let it go. Release it. Think about it this way. You're actually robbing someone of a blessing when an encouragement doesn't get delivered. You're robbing someone of a blessing that God means for somebody when when an encouragement goes unexpressed. In eighth grade, I had this Spanish teacher. Her name was Chris Durazo, and she had a profound effect on my life. Uh, she was my favorite teacher of all time, by and large, with no comparison. She was firm and, and hard and, and, and was really a good teacher from a teacher perspective. But I'll tell you this, she was the greatest encourager I think I've ever known. She had more energy, more, she was the most positive person I ever knew. An incredible individual, and she affected me and my friends in the class in a huge way, so much so that we got to the end of the year, and I just, I wanted to do something for her. And so I was like, you know what, let's get her a gift. So here are these eighth grade dudes. Uh, we, we decide, you know what, let's go get her a gift. And so uh, we told the class, hey, we're collecting money, and, and we kind of had uh, enough influence over everybody to where, like, 
they were going to give us money. So anyway, uh, myself and Kenny and Brent, uh, we collected money from everybody in the class, and we went up to the uh, Laguna Hills Mall, and we walked in there, and, and we were looking around, what do we want to get her? And she was a runner. In fact, she went on to do seven marathons, and so we bought her running shoes. And then also we bought her one of those triathlon watches. Man, we were so excited and so proud to be able to give that to her, and we did that in the class, and it was just a cool thing. It was just our way to kind of express to her how phenomenal she was. Well, we stayed in touch over the years, and, and, and I would go back and visit her. I'd actually, the only teacher I ever did that with, and we'd go back, and we'd visit her, and we'd walk into the class, and back then, you could just go onto campuses, and you could do that whenever you wanted, and, and her class was on the edge of school, and it was easy to get to, no gates or anything, and so we'd walk in. Whenever we walked in or I walked in, she would literally stop her class right in that moment, and she'd just start speaking, like, words of affirmation and being positive and, and, hey, this is Chris. And she'd, you know, say stuff about me or if Kenny or Brent were with me. And, and, and she was just this incredible person. Then we'd just sit and watch the class. And I did that over the years. Well, we got to the point when I got married, got to the point when we started LifePoint. She eventually got married. And her and Steve actually supported LifePoint in the early years. We didn't actually go to them and ask them to support the church. We did that with a lot of people, but we didn't go to them. I didn't feel like I wanted to do that. But, but she knew we started the church, and they sent donations on a regular basis in those early batch of years. Not only that, but she would uh, send me birthday cards on occasion. Her and my mom eventually became friends. Uh, Chris uh, Cope became her name. She eventually uh, gave her life to Christ. And her and my mom, they, they, they became friends. And and would spend time together, and, and, and she would send me birthday cards. She would send Heather and I anniversary cards and gifts so we could go out. And she was just this positive, encouraging person. Well, last month, she passed away from cancer. And, and, um, and, and so uh, it was, oh, it was last week. Yeah, last week, I get this card in the mail. And this card blew me away. It says, a birthday wish for you. And here's what it says. This is from her husband, Steve, which I only met once, by the way. He said this, I know you know Chris passed on to the Lord in December. She always had your birthday recorded in her calendar. You no doubt would have received a 50th birthday card from her. Therefore, I'm taking her place. I greet you with a huge birthday wish, a wish for a wonderful year ahead. Chris always spoke so kindly of you and your family. I know God has blessed you as we are all blessed as well. I had 34 years of complete joy with Chris. I truly rejoice. Praise God for that time. Her love, compassion, and selfless nature were so apparent in her daily living. I thank you for being such a wonderful friend to Chris through the many years. Much love to you and your family, Steve Cope. I mean, seriously, I made my day, made my week, made my year. To think about him taking that time to lift me up, and to encourage me. He didn't have to do that. He could saw that on the calendar. Okay, he's, again, I've only met him once. I stayed connected with her, but our paths just didn't cross. And you know what he did? He saw the birthday and he thought, I'm going to set a blessing free. And I was blessed because of that. So the question becomes, as I find the next page, how do we do this? How do we become that type of person where we encourage others? Well, we start small. We start small. Maybe the goal is just once a day, once a day, 
Some of you say, that's too much. Some of you are like, once a day. Man, I usually reserve it for like the most important thing that I reach out to someone. Once a day. No, no, no. How about, you know, once a week or once a year? Here's the problem. Once a day is our minimum. Why? What did God say to us? Encourage one another. For those in the room, what it was it? Encourage one another how often? Daily. Encourage one another daily. So maybe you say, all right, daily, all right, I'll start off with once a day. That's a big step. That's stupidly small, but be consistent with it. By the way, if you get to the end of the day and you haven't done it yet and you haven't encouraged somebody, pause and think of something good to say to somebody. So I would encourage you to do this. Another, you know, to help you with your habits, make it, make it easy, make it obvious. Just set an alarm on your calendar. I talked about our family, how we do memory verses. I have, I have an on my alarm every Wednesday, twice on that day, to remind me, hey, if you waited to the last moment of the day of on Wednesday, you better get this going because your family, we're doing our verses. Set the alarm, 10 p.m. Encourage someone, or did you encourage someone? Write it on there so I can just see it now. We're going to all start getting texts from each other at 10 p.m., right? Because everybody, oh, I forgot to encourage someone. Here's my, I forgot to encourage here. You're going to get the text. But you know what? Rather than picking on that, rather than saying, oh, you're just doing that because the alarm went off. That's okay. Encourage each other because you actually took the step to do it. Set a blessing free. What you say matters. It matters. In fact, the Apostle Paul was crystal clear on this. He said this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He said, don't say anything that would hurt another person. That's pretty powerful. I don't want you to say anything, God's telling us, that's going to hurt somebody else. And he goes on to say in the next verse, let everything, say the word everything. Say the word everything. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Don't say anything that's going to hurt another person. Examine your words to make sure they're not going to hurt somebody else. You know what that means? That means you know other people well enough to know what does and doesn't hurt them. It's taken me a lot of years to figure this out. Even in the context of marriage. You know, you can say things that, you know, you're like, well, that's right, that's correct. You can say it, but it doesn't mean it's really right or it's really uh, helpful. And I've had to learn, you know what, I could say that, but that's not going to help my wife. That's not going to help Heather. That's not going to encourage her. And so this verse implies that you know people well enough to know what would harm them or hurt them. Examine your words. Make sure that they don't hurt other people. And again, I, I know this is where some people go, but yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor, what if I'm right? What, what if I'm right about this? What if my words are, you know, biblically based and they need to be spoken? Listen, Paul doesn't make exceptions in this verse. None. Relationships over right. Relationships over right. There's another way to do it. There's another way to share truth, but to do so in a way that builds somebody up, that encourages them rather than harms them. So I want to give you this encouragement tip or strategy on how you could kick off a word of encouragement to other people. 
You ready? Write this down. If you're not writing anything else down, I I hope you are. But write this down. Put it somewhere on your phone. Have it available. Here's the phrase. Kick off a sentence by saying this. I see in you. I see in you. You know what? I see in you an incredible passion for the Lord. And that inspires me. You know what? I see in you this incredible commitment to your family. That encourages me. You know what? I see in you a person who's devoted and dedicated to their work. You know what? I see in you someone who is, who is, who is convicted by the Lord and you follow through and live out your conviction. Say to somebody, reach out to them and say, I see in you. I see in you. I would rather hear, excuse me, I would rather people who I know hear words from me that I see in you something special. I see in you something that I don't see in others. I I would rather say to someone, I I believe in you. I would rather say to somebody, I I think you're incredible and I think you do something that that no one else does. I would rather do that and deliver hundreds of words of encouragement than one word of criticism. In a world full of so much criticism and so much hatred and so much negativity, as people of the light, let's lift others up around us. Because you and I, we have no idea. We have no idea what people are going through. And you might be the person that God has called to set a blessing free to help that person in that moment, to make their day, their week, their month, their year, to maybe even change their eternity. I'm still dwelling on this card from Steve. It just blows me away. And I read that and I go, man, I want to be that person. I want to take this seriously. If I think a thought, if I think it, I want to say it. If something comes to mind, I want to text it or I want to call, I want to reach out. And I think God is calling you and I to all do this, to all take the steps. So here's the question. I had a whole bunch more in the sermon, but I'm looking at the time and time's up. So we're going to jump right to the end. And here's the question. If you could actually bless somebody with a word of encouragement, with one small blessing, if you could do that, would you? If you could, would you? And I think you and I can look for ways to sincerely and genuinely compliment and encourage others. So here it is. Make it a challenge for yourself. Once a day, every single day, to say to somebody, I see in you. To once a day, reach out to somebody and say a positive word of encouragement to build them up. To bring hope and to bring healing into their life. What did Job say? If it were up to me, if it were up to me, if it were up to me, I would encourage you. If it were up to me, I'd bring words that bring life. If it were up to me, I would make sure you know how much you're loved and appreciated and cared for. Man, I want this so bad for LifePoint. I want this so bad for you that this is as Jesus followers who love Jesus, that this is what it defines us. That, man, we build people up. That we encourage them. The world has enough garbage. It has enough negativity. It has enough discouragement. Let's do something about it. So here's my question for you. What word 
of encouragement will you give today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day? Some of us might need to repent first and say, God, I, I haven't been right. I've been like Job's friends. I need to get right in this. Others of us, it's time to just make the habit. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we come before you today. God, recognizing that those who have spoken to our life, those who have impacted us the most, very likely were those who were encouragers. Most likely there were the people who were positive, who brought me life and brought us life rather than sucked the life out of us. God, for those of us who struggle with this, who are more life suckers, God, we ask for your forgiveness. We want to be life givers. We want to pour into people's lives and, and make a difference. So God, would you help us with this? God, will you help us? So I'm going to ask right where you're at, no matter where you are, listening, watching, whatever you're doing right now, that you take a moment and you would tell God, God, I'm committed to being a genuine Jesus follower. And God, you've asked me to be an encourager, to give encouragement daily. So God, I'm declaring to you right now, this is my choice, this is my decision. I'm going to start being an encourager every day. I'm going to start the habit. And as it comes to mind, or even if it doesn't come to mind, and I see that alarm go off at 10 o'clock at night, or whenever I go to bed, I'm going to make sure that somebody gets a blessing. I'm going to make sure, God, that somebody receives a blessing, that I set the blessing free. So, God, I make that commitment to you now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. God, hear every single one of these prayers. God, we want to be people who bring life. So use us to change this world one encouragement at a time. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.